Welcome to the Poets' Corner. This is your friend Len German, are welcoming you to a half an hour's conversation about poetry, process, and the place with some of the leading poets of the day. And today, for National Poetry Month, I've decided to invite a group of poets that are known as the Coast to Coast Poets Poetry Consortium, uh, a group of people that get together once a week and workshop their poems um, that they're working on in that particular week. And it's a great group of people. Uh, I'm in the group myself. And um, we're just going to share some of our poetry. We're not going to critique it for you. Um, we're just going to share some of the poems that have um, been a part of the, the process for the last year or so. Uh, so first up, we're going to have Sharon Mahaney. Sharon? Thank you, Lynn. I'm from Roseville, California, and this poem is for Boyd and Wade with our apologies. It's published in so Song of the San Joaquin, volume 19, number four, entitled Great Grandmother's Dining Room Chair. A chair sits solid, spine straight, forward gait, moving when moved in stiff repose beside its mate. Smooth walnut, chair leg, bulbous at base, strong and firm, holds its weight, carries its form. Stiff when pushed or slides with glide, beckons your burdens, your bundles, your hide. A simple chair will take your side, your leg, yes, your derriere. The butt of jokes accepts its station with pride. It cups your cap, zaps your zip, allows you to rest as you take a quick sip. A chair is a pit stop for you to cop a squat. Rest from your quest, do what you ought. A chair is a solid placelet to stay while you dilly and dally your free time away. There when you need it to dine or recline, it hears all the scuttle but never does tell. Our chair was like kin till the day that it fell, split right in two with the sound of a clap. Our company went flying a chair on his lap. There was nothing to do but to let out a yell. We all were so stunned, we rushed to his side. My son to the friend, I to the chair. We smoothed them and coddled them, tears in our eyes. The friend, he's okay. The chair in demise. Too late for the speech, no le leaning or lurching, no rocking or frolicking, posing or perching. Too late for scolding and stink eye stare. That was the last time we took bread with great grandmother's dining room chair. Thank you very much, Sharon. Terrific poll. Next up is Roger Funston. Roger. Hi, Lynn. Hi, everyone. I'm from the Sacramento area, and the poem I'm going to read is will be published in Last Stanza Poetry, Volume 12, coming out in April. Monday morning dreaming. A curtain of darkness hangs the hour before dawn. 10,000 stars fill the sky. Tires crunch on dirt driveway, past darkened houses on hillsides onto the highway, past the silhouettes of turning turbines. Twinkling Mojave lights, high beams illuminate the way. Push my head back into the headrest. Wish I could take off and fly. Fall freeze chills desiccated soils, but warm by sweet weekend memories with you. Leisurely meals on the back deck, woodpeckers, warblers, quail, hummingbirds, watching us soak in the hot tub, walking dogs around the lake, 
Dawn reveals desert outpost nestled between trees and saltbush, hanging haze obscures southern hills, billowing massive clouds ahead, balls of fire burst over blackened bluff, sky an orange model mosaic in awe of the creator's use of paintbrush. Storage tanks, silos, domes, steam rising from stacks, visible above a carpet of ground fog. My reverie comes to an end, this magical hour of twilight before crossing into my concrete world. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Roger. Fantastic, fantastic. Next up is Doreen Beyer. Doreen. Hi, thanks, Lynn. Um, I am from also from Sacramento, California. And the poem I'd like to share is called Chicken Story. Kitchen Central, early 70s. Dad makes chicken and rice for dinner. Asks a question, rather disturbingly, I think. Mischievously? No, definitely perversely. Where do you think the chicken came from? This wasn't your what came first, the chicken or egg, paradoxical inquiry, though he had an engineering background and knew all about telephone exchange systems and private circuits, just not about feathers, philosophy, or evolutionary science. It was more like, I know something you don't know, where the corner of his mouth is twitching, holding back beans from spilling over. By now, I'm more than halfway done with dinner, and I see white feathers imploding a Honolulu city girl's pipe dream of three leghorns living out their lives cage-free on grandma's three acres on the big island, tied in neat white bundles stacked in the freezer, their names mercifully not on them. <laughs> Thank you, Doreen. And you're listening to the Coast to Coast Poetry Consortium here on the Poets Corner at WOMR.org. And next up, uh, Melissa Libertori. Melissa. Thanks, Lynn. And I am from the Finger Lakes area in New York State. This poem is called, Please Set This House on Fire. My mind is a house locked from the outside. I pace across the living room, down the halls and back again, peer out the windows, hoping for some glimmer of peace. Nothing out there, just pitch black silence. I want to be out there, floating in empty space, free from the tangled web of noise that haunts this house, buried in the darkness, far out of reach from the neon abstract paintings, racing thoughts streaking across my ability to reason, to give a shit. Somebody please set this house on fire and let my embers float tranquilly into the night. Thank you very much, Melissa. Thank you. Next up is Andy Laffer. Andy. Thanks, Lynn. I'm from Sacramento. This is called My Soul. My soul is my being, my belonging. It has always been and always will be with me. An ever-present and loving observer of my glory and my folly. Connected to me at birth, growing with me into consciousness, gaining strength as I develop, part of my naked identity. Its presence influences my actions, guides me toward a life that preserves, leads me toward nurturing myself and others, strengthened by communion with like-minded people. I seek to find it through meditation, outstretch my arms, palms facing forward, a posture inviting it in. Its presence manifests in my heart, a calm possesses me when it is near, an answer to a prayer. My soul is my God. My bond to it weakens 
when my body begins to fail. The fear of certain abandonment on my death will subside shortly before my last breath. End of one. Thank you, Andy, very much. Next up is Diane Funston. Thank you, Len. This poem is called For Jack Rabbit, A Roller Coaster, and it will be coming out in the Lake Effect magazine in June of this year. Over a century old, skeletal bleached bones stretch over and under green treetops, reach upward as our arms do in ecstasy, plunging downward in a little death of inhibition, Freedom comes with a roar and a scream, so loud no one can hear it and everyone can. The green caterpillar winds up and around, down through valleys, up through peaks. The ride ends in the dark tunnel, like the unconscious, or before birth, after death. We exit only to beg entrance again. The green car ascends the first hill, climbing higher, mechanical fingers tease the wooden spine. Clackety-clack, the creaking of childhood summers, let go in a whoosh of breathtaking awe. This is a memory made real again, taking the dare and riding it out, overlooking Lake Ontario gray-blue canvas horizon looking down to childhood or up toward heaven, without fear, riding in real time and coasting on memory. Standing in line, awaiting another turn, another chance at the immortality of speed and suddenness of wood and rail, a time machine resurrecting youth again, round and round she goes, where will we be when she comes out of the tunnel? Who were we when we first went in? Over a century old, skeletal bleach bones stretch over and under green treetops, reach upward as our arms do in ecstasy, plunging downward in a little death of inhibition. Freedom comes with a roar and a scream so loud no one can hear it, and everyone can. Thank you very much, Diane. You're listening to the Coast to Coast Poetry Consortium on WLMR on the Poets Corner. And next up, I have Rachel Eikens will read a poem for you. Rachel? Thanks, Len. Uh, my name is Rachel Eikens. I'm from the Finger Lakes in central New York. And my poem is from my upcoming book, called Broken Spoons, coming from Claire Songbird's Publishing House in fall of 2023. It's called Hummingbird Eyes and Guardian Angels. Morning glories flow, a river weaving webs over trellis and fence, drowned shrubbery, their mouths thirsting open, from purple throats a dark song. Dawn constellations daily surprise I strive to capture, and I blink, fly on unseen as sun erases the night sky. Spruce gum knots my hair where I can't see, leaned against the tree to watch you swim. My head smells of Christmas, 
I have to cut that sticky hank out where the tree bit a bald spot from the back of my head. Cassiopeia leans too far in her rocker, spills her scotch while Orion loosens his belt to show her things she'd rather not see. My eyes meet yours. The black sheen of a hummingbird's gaze, sipping from a head-high red zinnia. Some say hummingbirds are messengers. Is it you? A thimble nest lined with one long blonde hair teased from a spruce comb. Maybe that was why she tried to fly, pogoed off a spade blade, horizontal backflip hovering that split floppy second before a chrysanthemum cushioned her, held her with 100 petaled fingers as her head bounced on a pillow of mulch. Her crumpled wings spying curved the wrong way. Guardian angels with a thousand faces of snowflakes that melt into obscurity. Anonymous droplets when sun touches the car roof. Guardian angels with hummingbird eyes. Opuntia lies down with the lambs, its daggers stabbed into the earth. It purples, shrivels shoulders, shrugged for the weight of snow to come. Was it the moon? On frosting nights where the twins smashed cake into their mouths all over the grass. When slugs showed up for the rice she scattered for birds. Thank you very much, Rachel. Uh, last up on the list is me, uh, Len Germanara. And uh, this poem is called uh, Fire Season, and it appeared in the Worcester Magazine in 2021. Fire Season. We saw the first sparks of this conflagration. No, we felt them. Wrapped in our pre-dawn habits, our morning walks. A dry storm, crackling static. Metallic taste, the dog felt it first. A skittish reaction. We watched, waited for the pattern that did not follow, while the etch-a-sketch of a night sky painted a triptych of exclamation. We went on with our day, labyrinth and compulsion, the sweep of feet. We've walked every day since, months now, no end in sight. The only thing that remains normal, the pre-dawn dark, this comfort in that. And we're going to go around in the circle again, and we're going to go right back to where we started uh, and ask Sharon, do you have a brief poem to share with us? I do. Excellent. I have one that I very first brought to the group. This is one of the first ones. The one not invited. The one not invited summons a secret child to peel herself from the mirror and take tea, grasps the spoon between fingertips and shakes slowly the sugar from the silver, tips the cup to her lips, smiles not at pleasantries, but looks at the sky, imagines finches on the rims of the cups, butterflies encircling prayer cloths, clunking bells tattling her name. Jaguars rubbing against her knees before disappearing in a clearing behind trees. Drums beating from her heart, stirring a soulful, vengeful 
growling. Thank you. And next up is Roger. So my second poem is called Woods Wandering, and it'll be published in uh, Avocet Magazine, the uh, Spring 23 printed edition. Early morning spring in the woods, rainfall the night before, nourishing forest renewal. Moisture still clings to leaves, moss spreads on tree trunks, fungi carpets forest floor, wind whooshes, grasses sway, trees creak. Forest alive, singing. Layers worn to protect against morning chill. Coolness on my face makes me feel alive. Listen to my breath. Condensation hovers as I exhale. Crunch of wandering feet, my walking meditation. Thanks, Temperature Roger. rises, steam from plants warmed by sun, songbirds twitter, squirrels scurry, newts lounge, woodpeckers rhythmic pounding. Distant sound of swollen creek roars from recent rains, gets louder as I approach. Walking in this special place, I hear the sound of silence, feel warm sun on my face, smell moist earth below my feet. Calmness settles over me, quieting my active mind. Thank you. Next up is Doreen. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, my second poem is called Unborn Spring. A thousand Sacramento urban trees lay dying or dead, unprepared for the aggressive assault of winter's atmospheric river, the almost nonstop rain firing a random series of storms unleashed from across the Pacific. Raging winds excavate trees, roots clutching air, the city skyline scrubbed of towering canopies, an odd chiaroscuro of light set against the tree's dark absence. During periods of calm, people emerge to clear the debris, join large limbs of vibrant green to piles of shriveled brown, leaves of denuded trees, whose bark hide the tiny buds that wait for the unborn spring. Thank you. Melissa, next poem. Sure. This one is from my chat book called Love, Lust, and Loss. It was published by Foothills Publishing. It's called Amorous Addiction. It's always a risk, opening your heart. Seems so harmless in the beginning. It's like betting on horses, guided by intuition, blinded by the thrill, the anticipation of whether your bet will pan out, high in the adrenaline as they gallop around the track. Your heart skips a beat as they shift in and out of position, hands clammy, mind scatters as they make their way down the home stretch. Whether you win or you lose, it's only a matter of time before you're placing your next bet. Thank you. Thanks. Next up is Andy. Hi, Lynn. Thanks. This is about writer's block. It's called You Think It's Gone. You think you've lost it, no longer able to put pen to paper. You fear your value is diminished, that your future will take a new trajectory, your joy of expression limited to poor verbal skills. Constant poetry courses through your brain. Nothing connects beyond that instant. Thoughts, a tangled nest of infinite pathways, anxiety gripping your heart and guts at your failure. Your creativity severed from your being. Your heart is intact, your identity true to all else. Though the flow has been disrupted, you continue to perceive through your senses, creating your essence unimpeded 
The pen will return in its own time, life away from the desk worth experiencing. Allow your reserves to replenish. Relax, keep to yourself, build your foundation of inspiration. Yes. Thank you, Andy. Next up is Diane. This poem is called Ice Bear, and it was published in Synchronicity Magazine, Wild Issue. And the polar bear is my spirit animal. Ice Bear. She stares cold ahead, a grand mountain of fur. Her pillared paws make a cave for her innocent cub asleep on mother's right leg. Life lived alone on frozen Hudson Bay, where hunt and eat mixed only to mate and whelp, a solitary survival on ice. Her black lacquer nails rest heavily against her young, pulling him in, most ferocious of bears, still in a lullaby of snow. In morning, they will move again across the ice where caribou sense the ice bear and run. They will seek warmth in a den of ice while mother stares cold ahead. Thank you, Diane. Next up is Rachel. Thank you, Len. My poem is called Gratitude. It's an Ars Poetica, and it's it's in my upcoming collection, Crazy Quilt and Other Family Memoirs. Gratitude for my father. Poetry is a handed down animal shivering in my father's hands. A whisperer unable to read, dyslexic before dyslexia, math genius could not disappear in a book for pleasure. But this small furry creature warmed his hands, purred against his chest. He told me to hold out mine, slipped sleekness into my eager fingers. Oh yes, poetry is a handed down animal, private legacy from dad to me. Thank you, Rachel. The last up is Len Shermanara and this poem is called Nell. Berm between us, Sheltered harbor breached, foghorn moan all morning, black crown croak, wind and a prayer, fiddler's roll, tidy up, high tide comes, skedaddle, gulls crack, spider crabs, drop them death spiral, slack tide, horseshoes emptied, red knot absent. End of poem. Well, that comes to the end of our time um, here at the Poets Corner on WOMR.org. And um, I want to thank the entire group today of the Post Coast to Coast Poetry Consortium. If you'd all bring your mics up so you can um, just say hello and goodbye to everybody. Um, if you'd like to learn more about the Coast to Coast Poetry Consortium, Poetry Consortium, please write me um, at lensir, L-E-N-S-I-R, at hotmail.com. If you want to reach any of these poets, um, I think the world of them, um, they have books for sale. Um, they'd happily come to your town and read poetry for you. Uh, the, the entire gamut of things that are possible in poetry. Um, so um, it, it's been a pleasure. Um, Rachel, 
Roger, Doreen, Diane, Andy, Melissa, and Sharon. It's always good to hang out with you. Do you have anything to say before we go? Oh, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It's wonderful to share with listeners out there. Well, it's 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 a great way to spend a Sunday afternoon with you guys. Um, I, I love the poetry. I love hanging out with you. Um, you're a real kind group of people. Um, this group got started um, at the suggestion of a friend of ours by the name of Angela James. And Angela has been sick for quite some time now. And uh, she's at UC Davis. And um, send her your love, send her your prayers. Um, stop in and see her if you can. Uh, she uh, is a fantastic person. And she's having a rough time right now and i think uh, all the love we can send out to her the better uh angela is a consummate storyteller and poet and a dear friend and um we're sending out all of our good wishes here at the post coast to coast poetry consortium and we hope that you will as well um, her first poem that i'm going to read for you is called doing do doing did done the things i should do those things I don't do. I do the things I want to do. Undone things collect in an invisible pile of collective pleas, half-hearted promises to be the next in line. Sometimes a thing cries out in dire distress. Then I'm forced to do a thing that I didn't do and I don't want to do, but I do it anyway. And I marvel that it was easy to do. Do, doing, did, and done by Angela James. This next poem that I'm going to read you that belongs to Angela is a especially poignant to me. Um, one of my um, favorite memories of being in California were the days when Angela would call me up and say, hey, if you're home and you've got bacon and coffee, I'll be right there. And this poem is called Falling Off the Diet Wagon. Ate the bacon, bread, and butter. Ate the whole antipasto platter. Ate the dates, then ate the figs. Pretended I wasn't quite the pig. The ham was moist, tasty, and chewy. Served with a side of red-eyed gravy. I had one scoop of mashed potatoes topped with carrots and sliced tomatoes. The salmon sandwiches were slightly off. Chicken liver pate made me cough. Cheese and crackers were boringly bland. The chocolate fountain exquisitely grand. Buffalo wings and tater tots were little bites, so I ate a lot. Pasta salad was colored confetti. What a delight to eat food so pretty. Ate butter cookies, black velvet cake, topped it off with red seedless grapes, apple tart and cherry pie. I couldn't resist. I had to try. Sip seltzer water, beer and wine, poured from a bottle wrapped in twine. Drank the juice of some exotic fruit from a container labeled, Do Not Dilute. Those deviled eggs served their purpose to entice me into this food circus. The fires burn, my stomach churns. This will be my last repast. 
just a few poems from our dear friend Angela James. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, it has been my pleasure to be here with you today at the Poets' Corner. This is Len Germanaro saying see you next time.